With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Right everyone, it's the start of a new week and as always we're back to review Celtic winning yet again at the weekend and managing to keep ourselves 9 points ahead of our nearest rivals. Up on GigPod episode 143 with myself, Stevie, we're going to talk about the victory at Petaudry on Saturday, we're going to preview Livingston on Wednesday and we're going to predict how John will manage to get out of buying everyone around at the pub on Friday night. Rizzo, you're on with me. Will you be faking a heart attack to avoid spending money on me and Spunk phone this week? Sorry, I just woke up after the suffering through the 90 minutes on Saturday. That's a great joke there. No, I'll of course be buying uh, your and Spunk phone drinks. You can pay for you can pay for the meal that you're buying is the one of two meals you'll be buying me over the next uh, few weeks and months, most likely. But yes, hello to all listeners. It's good to be back. I know you were at it there, John, when you just said you woke up from Saturday, but truth be told, it uh, wasn't the most entertaining game of football was. The main thing is that Celtic beat Aberdeen and we got the three points. And I think to their credit, Celtic actually attempted to play football, but Aberdeen absolutely ruined it. Now, before we talk about Aberdeen, before we come on to them, and before we talk about how much of a disgrace they were and they were, as always, we talk about the lineup. Now, it was essentially, John. It was a team we expected, but there was one surprise inclusion, and that, of course, was Dyson Maeda. We were a wee bit surprised to see him. thought James Forrest would have started alongside Jota and Kyogo in that front three. Dyson, I think, it rushed back too quickly after these World Cup heroics. But what do you think? Do you think the manager made the right call there? Because I think it was completely anonymous in that first half. And that, to be fair, wasn't down to... Dyson Maeda ability-wise, it was the fact that we couldn't get him into the game because he got no service. Although, when you saw when James Forrest came on, 
changed that a wee bit, although you could probably say that was down to the fact that Aberdeen were tiring, chasing the ball so much as the game went on in the second half. But going back to Dyson, was about a surprise that he was in that team, wasn't it? I was, and it didn't really work out because, as you say, he was anonymous. And I'm surprised you've not mentioned Lee Lavada replaced Dyson at half time. Lee Lavada, I thought, was, played well. He created a chance that Kyogo really should have scored that we'll talk about in a wee bit. But no, I mean, the team selection was what I thought. I thought that CCV would be back. I thought that the rest of the guys for the World Cup would be on the bench because CCV only played one game in the World Cup and Moy and uh, Dyson were mainstays for those countries. So that was a bit of a surprise and I'm not really surprised they get took off at halftime because, I mean, it wasn't his fault, but Dyson, I think, did practically nothing in the first half. So uh, that was the only real... That was the only thing I didn't expect for the the starting lineup, but really we... we we were doing better off probably not playing any defenders or goalkeeper because they done genuinely done nothing in the entire game. Joe Hart didn't have a safe to make, so let's let's move on to a new segment called Let's Slag Aberdeen because I thought they were pathetic on Saturday. Absolutely pathetic. Ah, you're right. Um, they were, I said, on 67 Hail Hail with Hamish on Saturday. I thought they were a disgrace. That was the word I used, um, and I stand by that. It's two days later. And I still insist that's what they were. They didn't come to play football. And Jim Goodwin tried to justify it by saying he went out to play football against Rangers and he got scudded uh, 4-1 at Ibrooks. He wanted to counter that and he went the opposite way and tried to stifle us. But John, you already know by now it's it's never going to work against us. We, big teams will sooner or later find a way. They've got the quality to do it. And we did on Saturday, of course. It's like, I know we've obviously said, right, that Maybe we are being a bit hypocritical here because, John, we have said if Celtic managed in that Champions League Europe stage to get a 0-0 against Real Madrid, then if we had to do it through playing tedious boring football, it, it would have been mortifying, right? But we, would we have celebrated it in the pub? We probably would have, right? But at the same time, we went toe-to-toe with them and I was proud of the fact that we created actual chances against Real Madrid because we scored against them. Could have scored more, the fact that if we had better finishers at the club, for example. And we just took our chances. But I was proud of the way we played, certainly offensively, and how we went toe-to-toe with Real Madrid and actually gave it a go. And that's what our manager sets out to do. Of course, losing 5-1 was a bit of a nightmare, although it was a result that we probably predicted getting into that game anyway. The point being, right, Aberdeen had the personnel, they had the tools and the capabilities to go toe-to-toe with us. You look at what they've done in the past, they have forced two really tight games against us at Pataudry, especially last season. You look at the season before that, of course, where they drew three each and they drew one one each with us as well. They've got it in them to be competitive and make a game of it. And they owe it to their fans to make a game of it. And for some reason, they just decided to sit in, try and frustrate, and they were just so tedious with how they set out to play football. It did ruin the game as a spectacle, John. There's no doubt about it. You know, at the end of the day, they got exactly what they deserved, didn't they? Because although me and you were fuming at it on Saturday and we lost it on ourselves a couple of times, I think deep down we always knew that one way or another we were going to be getting that goal at some point. I knew it was going to happen. I mean, it was just a matter of time. And obviously our late winners are the sweeter because it upsets people that we don't like. But no, I mean, who plays that sort of football these days in this day and age? Nobody. I mean, look what happened when Craig Levine done it for Scotland that time. He got absolutely slammed for that so I mean that's that's the sort of thing that you don't do these days and he deserves all the criticism he's going to get 
Uh, good one then. I mean, if he does that again when they play the Angels tomorrow, then I think he'll be maybe on the verge of even losing his job because it doesn't matter how well they've done. They, Aberdeen fans, always think like they're still a big team. And although one of the ones I know sort of defended it to an extent, but no, I mean, it was indefensible. It, was, it wasn't a good game at all. And we're always moaning about how Sky only want to give big money for Scottish football. But when you see games like that, you can see why. I mean, that was just. I mean, pitiful anti-football that no other team I don't think would do. I mean, I bet Livingston, everybody goes on about David Martindale. I bet they don't play like that against us on Wednesday. They'll they'll not put eight men behind the ball, nine men, ten men behind the ball. They'll, I bet they have a goal to an extent. And, if, and at home they always do. I mean, it was just incomprehensible. And I, I hope we don't play it up there again this season because they'll probably try and do that again. Maybe, they'll, maybe they won't this time, but if they do, I think I might give that game a skip because that was just unwatchable. Let's talk about Kyogo. I mean, he riled us on Saturday, and not for the first time. We've talked about Kyogo in terms of, you know, when he when he does well, he gets so much praise from us. He gets a lot of praise from Celtic fans, and rightly so. But, you know, not just this season, but last season too, we see from Kyogo the amount of chances he misses. And it's so frustrating. That one where Ralston split the defence with an exquisite pass, Abada, read it so well, fed it through to Kyogo. He just had to what, keep it low, get it in target. And that was in the back of the net. We do that, and you know we might go on to win by a few, and it becomes less of a nervy affair. But no, I really felt like that was typical Kyogo again from what we saw. And I'm not getting on his back. I know that people. It's a bit. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because it's almost like you talk about Kyogo maybe negatively, and there's a lot of people that somehow treat him childlike and think you can't criticize him. And how dare you say anything against we Kyogo? And it's like the guy's a grown adult. He's paid to score goals, he's paid to put the ball in the back of the net and by all accounts, John, that was an easy chance and we got really frustrated at that on Saturday and we turned around and said that again, it's not for the first time but we saw Kyogo miss chances like that. It is really, really annoying from him. He's obviously a good player but I don't think he'll ever be the sort of player that we all hoped he was going to be. I mean, how ridiculously to say some of his goals were Henry Larson-esque but there's a reason why he's playing at Celtic and it's because he misses too many chances. I mean, look at that chance that Oh, look at all the chances he missed in the Champions League. He didn't score a single goal. He is a good player, but he misses far too many chances. And I think he needs a spell at the team, which is a strange thing to say since we're just back after a month. But, I mean, that, that one that Abada laid on a plate from, that was a, a really, really bad miss. I mean, all he had today was, like, put his laces through the ball and he never even got a good touch on it. It was a really, really poor effort. I thought he was poor the entire game. I mean, he got into good positions, but... For some reason, his finishing isn't the most convincing. He's been, to be fair, he's been like that ever since he's been at Celtic. His finishing's not been the most convincing. He's still a good player, but I'm starting to think now, in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't start him at Ibrooks, for example. I'd, I'd, I'd even maybe start Dyson ahead of him because of Dyson's ridiculous work rate. So, no, I mean, he is always a good player and they all score goals, but he has got the misses in them and they are a tad annoying. They put it mildly. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say that he needs a spell out of the team because the last time you said this, he then went to Livingston and scored a screamer of a goal. I think he was just one of these types of players where he does have it in him to have the odd howler. And I think if he plays against Livingston, for example, on Wednesday night, he'll probably go in to score a couple of goals. So I'm not going to be on your side there, but I think he needs a spell out of the team. But I certainly wouldn't be playing him at Ibrox, although there's a few games to go before then, let's just see how he gets on, but you know what, if you agree with it or you don't agree with it, tweet us in, send us something on Instagram, let us know how you feel, because sometimes I think me and John are the only ones that get frustrated like this, and then 
if we dare say anything against it, you know, you're lambasted because for some reason people don't want to get on Kyogo's back. So that's just how we feel. But again, if we are widening the mark on that one, tweet us in, let us know after you've listened to this show. One player we're not going to be uh, getting on the back of is Callum McGregor. John, what a return from him. Not only his goal, I think the way that he dictated that game was first class. Everything positive went through Callum McGregor and his goal was a screamer. Fair play to James Forrest for the assist, but what a strike and what a reaction when me and you were watching it together with Hamish and Kemp and all that on Saturday in the pub. It was the highlight of the day, that celebration we all did together, of course. No, but it was a brilliant goal. I mean... You could, you would never know they've been out of action for so long. He dominated the game. I think he had more passes. He had more passes himself than Aberdeen did in the entire game, which says it all. And it was just a a, a bullet, a strike. I mean, they gave the goalie no chance. A, a really excellent shot. I mean, hopefully he does that more often. He doesn't really get forward enough. I mean, I know that's not his position, but he should get forward more often if that's what he can do. It was a the perfect time to score. And, I mean, even after we scored, he was, like, geeing the players up, telling them don't do anything daft. He's the perfect captain for us. And I know maybe some of his performances in the Champions League before he got injured weren't they great, but he's still the main man for us. He makes Celtic tick. We're a much better team when we're in the team. I don't know if we'd have won that game on Saturday, even though, look, we were confident we'd get the win. Maybe we put Cal McGregor, he pushes on at the end. We might not have got that all-important goal. But, no, it's great to have him back in the team. It was a captain's goal, and I think he'll be wound up like mad to make sure we keep this nine point lead at the top and don't slip up because there's still like, loads of games to play there's still some like 23 league games to play which sounds bizarre because we've just had a month-long break but there's still loads of football to go but his importance is just paramount to this Celtic team and it was a, a great goal maybe even his best goal for Celtic if the listeners disagree they can let us know in the comments but I thought it was maybe his best goal for Celtic at the right time to get a win at a place that isn't easy even though Aberdeen's tactics were rubbish it was still a big win and a big goal and well done to Callum we're so much better with him in the team it's a good one actually it's maybe something we'll tweet out what was Callum McGregor's best goal for Celtic I would say the goal in the Scottish Cup final against Motherwell and you could probably say the one in Denmark against Midtjylland if we won the game but it counted for nothing didn't it but no it's a good topic John one that we can maybe ask the listeners as well so tweet us in what you think of Callum McGregor what his best goal was if you're listening to this you know where we are on Twitter and on Instagram. Right, so John was saying we've got plenty of games ahead. The next one is on Wednesday at home to Livingston. John, very quickly, we're going to talk about the team for Wednesday. I'll get right into it. I think I'd play the same team, although I don't know if I'd play Dyson or if I'd start him. I think he'll be quite beneficial coming off the bench for that one, especially if Livingston tire and they're putting all the men behind the ball as they usually do against us. I think I'd probably start James Forrest and maybe... Think about the Labada for that one. I think the manager's got a right selection headache, as the cliche goes, but it's true. I don't know who he's going to play alongside uh, Jota and Kyogo. I don't think he'll drop Kyogo. I think Kyogo will start and he'll probably be good for a goal. But who would you go with? Who would the front three be? Because I know that in defence and in midfield, there's no point changing that. I think that Abada might come back because I thought he played well. I think he might be instead of Dyson. And I would start... Jackie Marcus over Kyogo. I don't think that'll happen. I think the manager will keep faith in Kyogo and he'll probably will score. But no, I'd pick the same defence in midfield and I'd have Abada and for Dyson and I'd have Gigi in for Kyogo. But I only expect one change. I expect uh, that Abada will start. Actually, it wouldn't surprise me if Moy came back as well because I know Ange likes him. I'm not sure who he'd come in for. Maybe O'Reilly, possibly. I'm not sure. Maybe Hitati. But it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Moy started either. But 
No, I think it'll be, be about nine or nine or ten in the same players at, played at Pataudry. Well, John, if we can talk about our opponents, Livingston, after we beat them 3-0 at the end of October, they're on a three-game unbeaten run now. They actually beat Kilmarnock away 3-2, and then they beat Aberdeen at home. And before the break, their last result was a 1-1 draw against Hearts. Hearts scored like something like the 97th minute or something, though. Um, Livingston were very close to getting three wins in the bounds. So they come to Celtic Park. This is, of course, a rearranged game. I think we're going to see the same old tactics from Livingston, very much similar to how Aberdeen played on Saturday. And it's just going to be a case of us not panicking, not getting frustrated and just playing our football and hoping we can break through and take our chances when we get them. Again, I said, John, uh, we're likely going to be winning this 1-2-0. I'm not changing my opinion on that. Are you still going to go with a 3-1 win, or do you think it's going to be a wee bit tighter now? No, I'm still going for 3-1, and I think Livingston are a decent team. I don't really like David Martindale, but he is a good manager. I think they'll put up a tough challenge, but I think we'll win in the end by 3-1 and probably stay nine points clear at the top. I can't see Aberdeen doing much against Rangers, especially if they continue with their terrible tactics. But no, I'm going for 3-1, which will no doubt be a freezing night at Celtic Park. And the last time we did a pod as well, Livingston were fourth in the league. If we look at the latest positions in the table, Celtic are, of course, top by nine points still ahead of second place Rangers. Aberdeen remain in third, but Livingston, who were fourth, now dropped down to sixth place, John, because of Hearts' win on Saturday. Uh, I think they beat Kilmarnock, wasn't it? 3 1 at Tynecastle. St John's still now up to fifth as well, when a couple of weeks ago. They were down near 9th or 10th or something. Fair play to Callum Davidson there. And we play St. Johnston very soon as well, actually. I think, John, as long as we can keep guys like, I mean, that Nubly will be about a handful. He's done very well against Rangers so far this season. I think he scored a couple of goals against them, home and away. So I think he'll be a big threat. Livingston will obviously be using set pieces to their advantage. But I think if we can keep him quiet, we'll be fine and we'll run out two in our winners. So... That's that then, a very bite-sized gig pod for episode 143 with myself, Stevie and Rizzo. I'll let John take it away. Rizzo, what is happening on Friday again? Remind all the wonderful listeners. Me, you and that wonderful guy Spunk Phone are going to a public bar, and we're, a quiet one of course, and we're going to do a half-season, first half of the season review, a live gig pod which I know everybody will love, so you can look forward to that over the Christmas break at some time. So, you know what it catches by now and all the usual podcast platforms, etc, etc. We'll have an even longer, a much longer episode, hopefully, for the Christmas special. But, you know what it gets by now, GigPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us in all the usual podcast places, blah, blah, blah. Right, so thanks to everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon, and hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 